and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Animal Farm. We saw the current national touring production at the Theatre Royal Nottingham on the 9th of April 2022. This brand new production, adapted and directed by Robert Ick, is a reimagined take on a fairy tale by George Orwell, which features puppetry by Toby Ollie. So Richard, what's it all about? The animals of Manor Farm drive the farmer out, foretold by the old major, the prize boar, from a dream prompting their revolution after his death. Running the farm themselves in their liberated state, the animals begin to see a new corrupt hierarchy of pigs emerging. Animal Farm was Orwell's response to Russia's descent into dictatorship after the revolution, utilising animals to think about humans and the way in which power structures and hierarchies form. So with all that said, let's set the scene! So Richard, what are your first impressions of the set and the layout of Animal Farm? For the listeners out there, you'll be able to see our stage pictures on social media. When we walked into the theatre, we were presented with industrial size panels that just sort of intimated that you were in a barn or a farm building. So it was very nondescript, but it actually helped set the scene to a industrial style building with not a lot to the imagination. We were presented with what I did think was really useful was on some of the trussing. There was pictures sat on the top of the trussing to sort of intimate that they're the top of the rafters in the building so you didn't feel like it was technically used it was it was there for a reason we could actually see this because we had front row seats and what i found quite nice was about um because we saw this on the matinee so 2 30 start at about 2 20 to 2 25 whilst everyone was mulling around getting their seats picking the noses and uh, finding the sweets they had mr jones the butcher come across just carrying a pig every now and again and walking back so that was quite a nice introduction might be so worth we saying saw. it was half a pig it was half a pig um, very damien hurst yes um we were doing a bit of time and motion it'll be quicker just to bring the whole pig all in one go um but i think it, it just led us to see something i think it led us to believe that the animals were in the meantime before this started that before the revolution this is what's happening all the time that they're going out to their slaughterhouse well, they're, butchers they're, they're, it was, it was very obvious that they're being processed to become food, food basically. Man's product. Yeah. So how do you think the space was utilised? I thought the space was utilised really well. When the production started, it was very bare stage, black stage work where it was all done with props and barely any scenery staging. It was all very much... The, the, four, the four screens you were presented with at the start were very much used as scene changers, as wipes on stage to make sure that when they changed the scene, they hid movements off stage by moving the tabs across the character's behind so i thought it was really well used because it was very heavily relying on, on puppets and the movement of puppets and i thought they were really well designed yes the whole stage was utilized all the way because when they introduced a boxer which was a huge puppet horse for the majority of the time well before his introduction it was hidden very neatly but it 
I think was it attached to one of the the, the back tabs when they brought it down for his first introduction because it had hooks on it. So I had imagined he was hooked onto the framework at the back. You know how um, Molly, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. If he was there off stage, so you couldn't see him either side, and then brought down, and then they utilised him yeah. from that moment onwards. Yeah, because I suppose got in from get in behind. The, yeah, the... yeah. Throughout all the scene changes and everything, just every inch of the stage was utilised. Yeah, they did a lot of work in blackouts and lighting was very well used where even though it was a very bare stage you, they did it very cleverly where you didn't see a lot of the movements and things behind the scenes and sitting at the front it's a giveaway if you can see those, those things happening so I thought it was really cleverly done in that way and because we were sat on the front we did manage to see just one stage hand just open a curtain for for one artist to, to get through well it was a butcher wasn't it? a butcher it? at the start for the preset. I quite yeah. like seeing them because yeah. it just it makes you realise that everybody's involved in the and production. And it is a show. Definitely. So what do you think about the writing? I mean, on any normal production, we would talk about the writing, but with the adaptation by Robert Ick of the famous George Orwell's fairy tale book, yeah. Farm, and I, they didn't stray too far from the plot and the story. There was a few character changes that, most notably for me, Benjamin was a donkey, but in this show, he was the goat, whereas Muriel was the goat in the story. And a few little um, other little bits and bobs were left behind but to tell the story overall it didn't take anything from that I think writing wise it was done in such a way because when we walked in the room we didn't realise until we actually got there that well I didn't personally that it was actually there was no interval for the piece so it was also a very intense piece of theatre because there was no stop in the script. Yeah there was no break between each act and I think it worked really well for this piece because it was a very dramatic and forceful powerful play and I think it needed to be because of the story that it was portraying. Yeah and I think it is a risk to do something that's a one piece of theatre with no no interval a piece of theatre like that has to grab you it's got to be something that gets you the minute you start watching it and you don't get bored because you can get fidgety if you realise how long you've actually been sat there for one act piece of theatre. With the adaptation by Robert Ick, I think it worked extremely well and I understand why certain aspects of the fairy tale, certain storylines were dropped or just made to be like a passing comment for timing reasons as well because they could utilise a little bit more, therefore extending the play to then incorporating in interval but by doing that you'd take away the elements of the powerfulness so I think without that without adding those extra little pieces and storylines and telling every little detail of this fairy tale because at the end of the day it's it's a written story and it's not a script yeah I, I think the pace and the, the writing well I say the writing, the adaptation and the script worked extremely well for this production. It gave us exactly what we needed and exactly what I thought the play was about. This delivered in spades. I think it was in, in definitely in a roller coaster. It, you felt like you were you'd hit the ground Very running. Very dramatic. You hit the ground running and they didn't stop. And in some ways, because of the story, it needed to have that pace because you needed to be hooked the minute you walked in. So, Richard, are you familiar with this story? Yeah, um, I did see a musical quite a lot of many years ago that was a, a similar ilk. It was, it was based on Animal Farm. It was a musical? Yeah, it was a musical. Oh, I didn't know they did Yeah, there's a musical. I've only recently read Animal Farm. I never did it at school. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's only a ten-chapter 
fairy story. I loved the writing of it and I was instantly, I could understand, I could see these characters, well, these animals portray certain characters. I think basically because the story is written based on animals, people forget that actually there's a deeper meaning to it. It's actually talking about political parties, how people can control a country, how people can change things that actually mean that... How corrupt people are, the hierarchy. And how opportunistic people are as well. It's basically a power game. Yeah. Isn't it? And the struggles that, you know, we see all the time throughout whatever political system is in power, they always seem to, you know, power corrupts. Well, they twist twist and turn things to actually mean that their end result is what they want, not what the the country wants. And it just shows how corruption can easily change. And I think that was very evident in the play because the way they'd actually done it on stage where... It's it's actually well-timed that Mm. they've got this piece out now simply because of what we've been through the last two years and the things that's happening in Ukraine right now I think a lot of people have become a lot more political I think also they've become more aware of of what things and I think it's quite interesting at the moment where governments are maybe not as able to control its people in a way because they can't control everything about them they try but there's well the UK government have their own sage and nudge unit to direct people in a certain way to follow a certain pattern and a certain way of behaviour and you see that brought out in Animal Farm yeah. as well. You know, oh, you must do this for the good. You don't want the old farmer. You don't want Farmer Jones coming back or the humans coming back. You must do this. And we saw that throughout the whole pandemic, uh, the vaccines. I think the way that the piece of theatre makes you sit back and realise is even though it's done in almost a, I'd almost say, cartoon animated-like production, you can reference so many things in real life from what you see. And I think also with this production, when one of the pigs snowball was talking, that voice sounded slight I don't know if they meant to do it but it sounded slightly like a load of baffle gab like Boris Johnson it, it was very public schoolboy it was very it and was all, very recognisable as somebody that's highly educated people will listen to yes baffling on waffling on and also when the pigs decided that they could walk on two feet and as the story progressed Squealer ended up walking around slightly imposing a little bit of Margaret Thatcher as well going on there I think they're made the characters are there to portray certain characteristics which a lot of political people will be yeah, and I think relating to the fact that this original book was published in 1945, George Orwell's writing stands up now because the references are still the same and they're still there and it's still... And the same goes for 1984 power, power as well struggle. by his. Yeah, still a power struggle. So it's it's very before its time, but it's something that happens, it repeats, and I think that's, that's it, interesting. It, and I think it makes you wonder now what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. If whatever happens to Ukraine is the same thing going to happen yeah with with the pigs taking over for example yeah i think what you realize is almost these books are written in a way that they're almost like a manual on how to control a, a country or a state you know if you use this model it would work you know and i think that's the scary thing about george orwell's writing it's, it's very very well crafted and written but it's also telling the story that socialism is some sort of utopia everyone is equal we can mm. all do this but then and that capitalism is bad but when you follow that pattern at the same time going for utopia power then ensues and power grabs and the greed and and then you form 
humans, just like animals, have that hierarchy of being yeah. the top dog yeah. to make yeah. things happen, to achieve something. There's that natural order and what power. Also, yeah, and what, what it also shows is there might be a natural hierarchy and power, but what this actually shows is people decide who that hierarchy is and who that power is. They assume the role that they are more superior by preventing other people, like the animals were prevented from reading, so that only the pigs could read. But it's an unnatural power in the sense of they're messing with the food chain. Well, it's, know, and that's because they, they want control. And They encourage all animals at the beginning of this utopian animal farm. All animals should read to educate themselves, because if you're educated, you can't be a slave. And then... As it progressed, oh, leave all the important stuff for the intelligent people. For the intelligent pigs. Exactly. And it's like, you know, and it's all of a sudden the commandments they create at the start, they change and edit to suit their needs and not the whole we, the, an animal Which population. we saw, which we're witnessing, or we have witnessed in current day, it... Like they change their opinions, they change the laws to suit what their needs are at that particular time. Yeah, Changing the goalposts, doing yeah, U-turns, yeah. that sort of political yeah. messaging. You know, which way, like when um, governments do polls as to are they supported, are they not? You know, we've been voted into power to do this, but actually to keep us in power, we need to go with whoever's the loudest and what their opinions are. So we change our opinions and change what we're here to do. And we see that time and time again with our own political system yeah definitely and yes i mean animal farm portrays things as extreme as but we in, all feel that we all feel we, that revolt we yeah, want exactly. to have a revolution so yeah. everyone's equal everything is fair but, it's, but what it shows is that people capitalize on that revolution for their own gain and i think that's what animal farm portrays it's yes revolution happens but there's always a gain from in some way or some point well it just shows that when you want something like socialism if you do want socialism it's as if one can't work without the other yeah. to make things happen you need capitalism otherwise yeah. nothing works well it showed because there's no incentive it started very socialist and it, you know but then it still turned back to the pigs making money out of the land making money out of the, the animals putting demands making them work where they were basically their aim was to become human and it doesn't give any spoilers away because really at the end of the day the 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 book's been in, in circulation since 1945, so it's not an unknown thing. But it's just to show that the end gain was to actually become equal to man rather than separate. This episode is going to be slightly different than our usual discussions in the fact that we're not going to be here for the drama. We're going to be here for the overall dramatic piece in which this play is. Because this was physical theatre, the puppeteers all had roles to do, which was being the puppets of all these animals and therefore vocally doing the animal sound effects. However, the audible dialogue was pre-recorded. So we're not going to discuss the drama per se, but the production as a whole. We've actually got two directors for this. We've got Robert Icke, who didn't just adapt the play, but he directed the piece. But we've also got the direction in terms of the puppetry director, Toby Ali. So Richard, tell me, what do you think about the direction? Because I thought it was extremely good. Well, having realised that he's the one of the people that was involved in War Horse and, and the direction of animal movement in that production, it really showed that he knew his craft on how an animal form or a human form actually moves and these puppets imitate very well the true animal movement. And I think the way that they used the puppeteers to actually create the animal movement, it was really well done. And I think that you believe that those animals were real on stage. You know, right the way up 
from a chicken and a pigeon and a, a little tiny bird all the way up to a, a shy horse you really knew what those animals each one had different movements and you know hats off to the puppeteers they weren't just a puppeteer for one animal they were going off stage they were picking up another puppet they were doing another animal and every time they were performing with a different type of movement or a different type of thing just simple things we noticed there was times when they made the animals look scared and they were shaking and there were times when they were shocked they were sad and i think it just made it very evident that that's what animals actually do in real life and i don't know about you richard but i thoroughly enjoyed it they were so on the ball they were here there and everywhere changing animals and some of them worked in teams so you've got two people probably doing the pigs one was the back end of a pig <laughs> sounds a bit nasty but one was the back end of a pig or one of the animals and the other worked the mouth movement and the head and some of them worked in threes either being the, the horse these big horse yeah. or box or clover and they mixed up and sometimes they did one person just doing the chicken or the bird yeah and i think also they utilized the stage well they utilized the space that they got and they never they, stopped did they they, they were did. rushing about you could see front row seats you could actually see it was the a, sweat it dripping was very off some physical. of these artists. they did not stop the amount of work they had to put in to actually move these animals around because normally an actor on stage would be that one actor performing with another actor next to them this was three or four people running around doing the same pieces working you know, as a team to well, make yeah, that animal move and it and... very much was teamwork because the amount of movement that they had to do because it got progressively busier and heavier and there were scenes towards the end where the farmers came back and there was a lot of fighting and animals lost their lives yeah so some of the puppeteers because their particular character of animal wasn't in that scene they doubled up to be the farmers yes. so yeah. they utilised their own voice for those I suppose live action moments where because it was voiceovers for the animals they could utilise their voices for the sound effects of the chickens or the geeses or the pigs or the yeah. dog in some in instances. It gave that live element and yeah. that realism to the animals. But also well. I felt because they weren't speaking they had to make sure that the audience could see which animal was speaking mm -hmm. so there was a lot more yeah. movement movement and physical movement at that making sure that when the pig was talking it wasn't just its mouth that was moving the whole body was yeah. moving and going looking in different directions and the puppets had been made in such a way where the bigger puppets were sectioned in the right places to imitate the limbs movement and the body movement just to add more, there was add a more lot realism of, there was a lot of detail as well because when the chickens when they were flying down from the ledge that they were on or just getting in a bit of a state they'd had these feathers that just flew off and like just natural chickens would yeah they shed the feathers naturally and they grow back it was just those extra moments where you it just felt right and i think that has such an effect when you're watching something and the best thing about sitting at the front of it you just got to see some amazing views like the puppeteer's buttocks <laughs> <laughs> amazing views so for the majority of the animals when you've got the birds and the crow and the chickens and the geese they were pretty much single entities weren't they yeah and the cat the likes of the dog and the goat the yeah. the horse and the um, pig and the cow they were done as a duo weren't they yeah yeah or trio when it was the bigger the, animals the bigger the animals. larger animals because of the amount of support you needed to actually raise those animals and the puppets themselves were absolutely stunning yeah. the way they were designed were just amazing yeah you know they, they, what was good about this which we'll go on to the next segment was we didn't just have for example a great big huge animal in boxer with this 
horse. But we also had miniature versions of certain animals when they were doing things at a distance. Well, one thing I'd like to say about the uh, the sort of design of the puppets was they were made out of almost farmyard materials. So they were made using hessian and neutral natural materials that lent themselves well to the look of the animal themselves in those scenes. So you felt almost like they'd grown from the sacking material that would be used in a farm, plastic that was used for the dog, but the actual shaggy dog gave you the feel that it was the natural movement of that animal's fur. And also the frayed elements of fabric, which helped for the pig's ears yes. as yeah. well. Yeah, it, it gave you a little bit look of an aged look. There was nothing pristine about each of the animals, which for me, that makes it feel more real rather than a cardboard cut out of an animal. It felt more like they have lived and they've grown up and they'd got their imperfections. They weren't all perfect in the design and I think that helps sort of relate to the animals a little more because you can see that rough edgedness. You know, we're not at Crufts, it was on a farmyard. So moving on to our next segment. What the tech is this? So Richard, being the techie between us, what did you think about the sound, the lighting, the special effects used in this production of Animal Farm? I feel that if anybody wants to learn how to use sound effects and voiceovers effectively, they need to buy a ticket. Yeah, this show is brilliant for that. This was a, an absolute... This was a masterpiece. Masterpiece. Because... The, masterpiece of, of creativity. It was, yeah, it was a masterpiece of creativity, but it was also a masterpiece on how to make these voiceovers believable that they were on stage, they were weren't pre-recorded because I didn't feel that you knew they were pre-recorded it was done in such a way where you thought the voice actors were just off stage you felt like they were talking in the right way the right moments yes and we had some voices by Gary Cooper Robert Glenister and even like Juliet Stevenson to name a few yeah definitely and I think it showed that they will have acted and recorded those in such a way and hats off to Tom Gibbons the sound designer and music because his vision for how the actual the sound was portrayed on stage voiceovers were positioned in such a way that you felt like they were being moved around stage it was very much done in a stereo way where you knew who was talking at what point and all the animals had the nuances in each of the voices you knew who was who and i think that lent itself really well to this production yes as an example of that in one particular scene when boxer is hurt and he's being carted off to the vet supposedly we heard the sound effects of him being put into this container and then clover we heard her voice saying get out boxer get out but that was done so we knew it was from behind the stage yeah and because of the way you've got a complete empty stage and you still felt like the space had been created just using sound effect and very minimal lighting so yeah hats off to tom gibbon i think that this was a really well put together piece of theater where in a way it makes it transportable and easy i mean the puppeteers themselves were really hard because when everything is pre-recorded there's no room for error you can't stop and start a production like this and i can understand why it was a one-act piece of theater because you've just got to go for it and you know you can't hide behind misstep on words you can't hide behind not being in your places on time because when everything is pre-recorded you've got to be on the ball it just worked really well what i thought was really good which i suppose harks back to the directing in, in a little bit 
here was when it came to the fight scenes, yeah. they went in slow motion yeah. with some of them before it then picked back up again. But to aid with that direction, there was a dramatic piece of music or yeah. something. It just went slightly classical for yeah, a little definitely. bit whilst they were doing yeah. those slow movements when the animals start fighting Mr. Jones at the very beginning and then near the end when all the farmers come back, yeah. when it was pretty much a bloodshed. And the way the sound helped during those fight scenes, the music just... It swelled it, and pushed it, pushed it. Made it advanced it. the actual scene and with the direction because you then saw the animals on a side view and then they switched it round so they were front on and it all it went from the direct into the sound to yeah. the lighting to the yeah. music. It all happened, it all, it was made all choreographed and it in all one made piece. Yeah. And technically, when the uh, attack by the farmers to Animal Farm, we then went from real-life puppets, big puppets at that, to then them doing smaller model puppets with the Land Rovers going through each building on the farm. And then the moment they went off stage, you then had complete blackness with these two lamps at the front, which were headlamps of the car. Yeah. And then you saw at the front some of these animals just being trampled by the Land Rovers. Yeah, definitely. And they charged at you from the back of the stage straight to the front and then bang the lights went off yeah and it made you move and it made you react and as an audience member it, it gave you that that thrill that of, thrill that heart the, pumping yeah, thing it, because the music was behind it giving yeah. you the beats to feel and that I, way the yeah. action was and i think another special mention is i'm really big on sound effects being a big part of the production and yes. if they use they use well and they used with a purpose one of the other things was they actually got gunshots right and yes, a lot of productions did, don't the whole front row jump when the first gunshot went off because the farmer came out with the double barrel shotgun and when that gunshot went off people jumped and you could feel it and that means for me a shotgun should make you jump it's a loud piece of equipment it's a loud gun it sort of set the scene the minute that gunshot went off you knew the production wasn't messing about they meant business i don't know about you richard but with everything going together it did feel like a massacre yeah and i mean it was a massacre but yeah. the way they utilized everything yeah definitely. you know the guns it was just like a roller coaster yeah. of just everything coming at you sound visuals yeah, all, all in one go yeah but how did that make you feel it built your emotional because i mean halfway through the massacre of killing farm animals when they put the cat in the bag and smashed it on the floor obviously it's a puppet but you still feel you felt for those animals and you yeah. it just made you because everything was happening so to quick those animals. you just felt that it was all happening yeah we were connected to those animals and at one point i was i didn't know whether to cry or not it was like yeah. oh i feel i'm feeling this and then just... I thought, thought, if I was in a war zone and these were people, how would I react yeah, exactly. if I'm getting like this over yeah. drumming puppets yeah. on the stage? And it, I think, it got to me. And I think bit. to add to that, they were projecting the names and the ages of the animals on yes. the stage to actually intimate that their deaths had just happened. Rather than seeing the death, and you that just was very told, powerful. And you just got told how many. And obviously, towards the end, because it was turning into a massacre, they kept flashing up all the names yes. very quickly, and it just became overwhelming and I, think I can understand the why they did that and i would have done that yeah, i think definitely. that was great the only downside to that was sitting on the front the screen was just too high for us to lean up to see yeah what i would have probably done is had that screen either on the sides yeah. or right at the very back behind yeah. upon the or, wall yeah so or we, a repeated so obviously repeated screen somewhere else it didn't help with i mean to me the front two or three rows may not have been able to see that either i suppose this brings us to a little 
fourth segment. We don't normally do. What would you change? Right. Or, or what niggled you? What niggled me? There was... What's your upstage, downstage bits on this? Well, the highs and the lows. Well, the, the lows, I'd say, that, that there was a decision by the technicians to put a front row of, of lights and speakers are right across the front of the stage. Yeah, they didn't have. Where, because the animals were very low of stage, they, because obviously the, the puppets themselves were actually almost all below waist height, generally. Uh, yeah, sometimes the, we couldn't see the, the chickens or the geese if they were laying see, down, yeah, but mid-stage to backstage. Yeah, and we, yeah we, there were certain elements where you just couldn't see those puppets, but I don't think it was just the front row that would have been affected. I think yeah. at least three or four rows back would have had that obstruction. It just seemed a very strange setup when you were running a bare stage production where there was nothing on stage, and then these whacking great technical lights and speakers in front of the actual performance. I think that was probably down to the venue. Had they had them in the stage, because I think if they toured it somewhere else... Yeah, it it may have been better at another production. I did did question the use of those lights because I only saw them used once, so that did make me question why they'd put them there. They might have looked good from a technician's point of view, but for me, from a performance point of view, I do think it was a misstep. Yes, that was unfortunate seating on our part. I would say, like we've just commented on the screen, Yeah, it gives you the the information of the passing of the scenes and also the death toll. That could have done with either being at the back of the stage or to the sides for it to be more visibly clear for everyone. But in terms of the content, I feel it would have been ideal if they'd have had more of the scenes of them reading the Eight Commandments or the writing of the commandment where... Squealer was found with the painting writing or altering them yeah. because we only had it a, f- a couple of times where Clover would say but that's against animals killing animals that's on yeah. on one of the commandments but it was never seen no there, were, was always, there were never reference but not yeah. seen and there was no reference to them being changed or altered to suit the pigs whereas that would have been better if either it was projected on one of the tabs at the side just to reference those commandments because because they were key to the production, yeah. in a way. So that, that was a, a down bit. I would have liked to have seen more of that. I would have liked to have seen the donkey rather than the goat yeah. be Benjamin. And also, the cat never read the commandments at all. It was Muriel the goat yes. and Clover reading it. But I suppose because they never had the commandments written down, it was easier f- for them to say that the cat went and s- saw them written down. Because I suppose because they had brickwork yeah. at the back of the stage, that represented something else they probably didn't want to write on that no, utilize true. that but just have another tab yeah yeah definitely. maybe, maybe. Yeah. as for the upstage what went right with it i just thought everything went right with it to yeah. be honest it, I, I was so bowled over by the actual technical aspect the puppetry and the moving about definitely more it's so the sound effects the and the lighting mm. and how it, it just immersed me in this story that they were saying but it was also was... not overdone in the sense of the lighting and sound wasn't in your face it was just integral to the performance um, oh, it was very it was, much in my face yeah, but when I, mean, <laughs> when I mean it wasn't in your face it was very much you just accepted it was there as it was meant to be it felt right there was not a lot of technical equipment on stage really you couldn't really apart from the obstructions in front of us everything on stage was very much about animal farm 
even to the point where they'd created a false wall at the back where you believed it was the back of the stage when actually it was still part of the production and they yeah that was clever that was they broke through that back wall and there was just simply lights behind that to create the effect of an explosion and things like that that just added to the it fueled it you know it just made it feel right during the end of the scene there was a conversation between clover and her daughter the new calf talking about what the revolution was like and we could see clover not really remembering remembering there was something that happened and then it went to black normally in the book it was the pigs having this conversation with the farmers and the animals looking in, but they didn't do that. But, but when it went to a blackout, there was awkwardness during this matinee performance. I wanted to clap. Everyone wanted to clap, I think, but it was like, is that it? Is, is that, that is the it end? Awkward? But then it became even more awkward because even more time had passed. Nothing had, no one moved on the stage. And then no, it was like, was okay, still, we're going to have to clap now was, you just could, because this is because it. Because obviously it was just an open black stage. You could tell there was puppeteers were still stood on stage and nobody knew what to do and I think they could have just done with somebody planted in the audience to start the clapping off so we knew that that was the end of the production and for for those performers they must think this is it people start clapping because we're not moving until you clap yes I mean that was a little bit awkward but that's not to say that how it ended wasn't good no no, not you could see I knew because that's probably how I'd end a show that's how I would have done it but because an air of silence just engulfed the audience it's like it's a very British thing I'm not going to be the first one to clap yeah, somebody needs to start I can't off. do it yeah. I, I'm yeah. not going to be the one to be the idiot was, that starts uh, clapping and little, then there's another scene it was a very awkward silence it yeah was very very awkward silence yes but well done to all involved in that one and now for our ratings as we say call this a show so Rich what's your final thoughts on this particular piece well I felt that it was an excellent piece of theatre it was totally unexpected because I didn't know what to expect and it was a masterclass in puppetry sound lighting and it's definitely something I would watch again I thoroughly enjoyed it I was bowled over I knew the story well I was entertained from the minute from Mr Jones walking out with half a dead pig I knew I was going to enjoy this and it did not let me down at all so with that being said scores on the doors for this one Richard out of 10 what are you going to give this one well I'm not I'm just going to give it a 9 purely because (gasps) it's going to be a 9 purely because of the technical decision to put lighting and speakers on the the front of the stage I think that is the only thing that that but was that their fault if you saw this yeah personally I think they could have done it differently I'm marking them down because they should be prepared touring productions should know that they have to do something to fit every stage and there are ways to do what they did they're going to be annoyed now that you sat on the front row there's always room for improvement (laughs) there's always room for improvement I'm not going to let a couple of little bits like that ruin this thing and this is a 10 out of 10 for me this is this is the pinnacle of what puppetry should be this is the first time I've seen something like this and this is amazing so any other puppetry I see in the future has got to live up to this kind of standard because it wasn't just the puppetry it was the sounds it was the effects it was yeah. the staging it was the utilising of everything and the directing and shout out to all the cast every Definitely. single one of them that was puppeteers I can't name you all but you were all brilliant you did a really really good and job and I thoroughly amazing. enjoyed this one so what sound effect will you be choosing from the following a complete train wreck tumbleweed an audible shrug of the shoulders, uh-huh. a slow clap, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. 
What will it be? Well, it can only be a standing ovation. It's got to be a standing ovation for me as well. It's just got to be. They deserve everything. All the work that they've put into it has paid up. Yes, definitely a standing ovation for me. This is hands down one of the best pieces of theatre I've ever seen. So, there we are. That's our discussion of Animal Farm, and we hope you find it insightful. If not entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we'll be discussing the new production of First Touch. Ladies of Letters. As well as the new play, Red Ellen. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. <laughs> <laughs>